So we know that uh, you know Galatians talks about that in the fullness of the t- of time. Uh, uh, Christ was born of a woman, and so that that seed of the woman from Eve, uh, and, and I think her name means mother of all living or something like that. And so this uh, this prophecy is uh, also against the serpent that that her seed was going to bruise the head of the serpent. And so as we're studying Leviathan, he's called a dragon, he's called a serpent. And so this is a prophecy against uh, Leviathan, but it was a, a physical animal. And it's a kind of a sea creature. And I don't know if you guys can see this uh, constellation very good. But uh, I read just a little bit this morning about kind of the mythology. But uh, you can see it's kind of like a snake, but it's a dragon. It looks like it's got some claws, kind of a dragon head. And uh, you can't see it here, but uh, it's right next to the constellation uh, Hercules. And uh, kind of the mythology story is that the serpent was guarding like a golden apple tree. And Hercules wanted to steal the apples and he had to kill the serpent. And uh, so if you see a constellation of Hercules, it's like his foot is on the head of the serpent. And so even some of these Bible stories are presented kind of in the heavens. And uh, so there's some really good studies about kind of the gospel in the stars. And uh, so what we're reading is part of that. And you know we studied uh, a few chapters early about uh, Pleiades and Orion. And so these are all things uh, in the Bible and stories in nature and history, you know, reflect Bible truth. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of introduction uh, to Leviathan because that, uh, and I think this first section on your handout is a review from last week. So I put a, this first section is about defining Leviathan. And uh, in Psalms, he is said to have multiple heads. I think the mythology is says that he has up to a hundred heads. Um, but we know in Revelation it talks about uh, having seven heads. And so uh, Isaiah, Isaiah calls Leviathan a crooked serpent and a dragon. And uh, we know that uh, the dragon is defined as Satan in Revelation 12. So, letter B there on your handout, Leviathan is the devil in a doctrinal sense. And Job 41:34 calls him a king over all the children of pride. And this thing about pride is a couple times here in this section. And when we read Job 41 here in just a second, it says that he's got scales. And so just like a serpent has scales... And one one thing that's so neat about this, it says that they're so tight together that there could be no air get in. And uh, 
do you know that outer space there is no air and so I thought this was kind of neat uh, it, outer space is a perfect vacuum and uh, you know being uh, I've got a HVAC certificate and so one of the things we you know air is like your enemy in a refrigeration system because you it's non-condensable and uh, it can bring in moisture and so we try to get all of our equipment in a vacuum and if you got a leak you can't do that so that's how you test for leaks and uh, anyway but on earth you can't achieve a a perfect vacuum but outer space is a perfect vacuum where there is no air it's uh, a a pure 30 inches of mercury is the uh, measurement and uh, anyway, we, we actually have equipment at work with turbo pumps and the spin like 10,000 RPMs trying to get as deep a vacuum as possible on some of our equipment. So, yeah, it's and you got to shut it down the right sequence. You can't just shut off a 10,000 RPM thing. It'll fly apart or something. And so there's kind of procedures to some of that. So anyway, uh, I left you a blank there. And uh, I'll, sh- I'll try to show you this <clears throat> even from... Uh, I lost my mouse. <clears throat> Let's see if I can get out of this for just a second. How are you, Kevin? Good. So, yeah, it, we went for a walk this morning. We had to have our coats on, so... But this is my Bible program. I wanted you to see just the word Levi, like the tribe of Levi. It means join to. And so... uh, The last part of Leviathan means means, uh, a coil or a serpent. So anyway, Leviathan's name literally means... United Serpent. If you want to put that in your blank. So Levi is like joined to or united. And the uh, the last part of Leviathan means like a coil or a wreath or a serpent. So anyway, as we go into this uh, section, we're, we're going to read... Let me get to Job. If somebody can read Job 41, verse 1 and 2. I think Belinda already read. You want to go to Pam? We're going to backtrack to Pam. 1 and 2. Yeah. 41. And so God is asking these questions. He's got like 180 some questions in these last five chapters. So God Himself is talking, and uh, just kind of a reminder, He's speaking to Job out of a whirlwind, and uh, we're a little bit unsure if Job's friends and Elihu are listening. Uh, very, very likely, they're hearing all this too. And what's the answer to those questions in one and two, Pam? No. So you're you're not going to catch a Leviathan with a a thorn or hook. No, it's funny when I was a kid and we were 
To fish? To fish with, yeah. Kevin, you were telling me that, weren't you? You said the people use that to fish with. Wow. Used what? A thorn to fish with. Really? No, we had bait on it. It's like, it's like Indian style. <laughs> They've even gone as simple as taking a, a sharp twig and wrapping the string around it and the fish biting on the twig and not being able to get off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, I gave you a reference there. We don't need to look at it, but there is a... A reference. I think this is the king of Assyria that uh, you know Hezekiah prays that God would protect Israel and uh, from the king of Assyria, and it says that God put like a hook and drew him back to to Assyria, or he, he died. Uh, his kids killed him, and and the angel of the Lord killed his army. And so there is a reference to where God Himself did put a hook in the enemy of God's people and took him back to his country. So anyway, look for that as you read your Bible kind of stories that illustrate these same words that are here about Leviathan. So he does have a tongue. He's got a tongue. So And that's what he's going to say in verse 3. Brian, do you have that or do you want to read? I don't have a Bible with me. Uh, Which verse do you Well, we're going to kind of go around, Larry. Uh, verse 3 of 41. Uh, will he make many supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? Yeah, so no, no that, uh, I think that was the one I wanted. And so he, he's not going to speak soft words, is he? So... One thing we're going to see here in just a minute from the New Testament is that Satan appears as an angel of light. And think about this. When I was in shepherd school, I remember them saying something about the devil that really stuck with me that like in our country... The devil appears as an angel of light through religion, maybe through education, maybe through education. What's that? Financial, political, educational. Some of the ways he appeared, yeah. Well, he was a light bearer, is what Lucifer meant. But uh, but you know, you know, in in other countries, and I don't know how it is down in uh, Honduras or Guatemala, but uh, he he does appear more as the the roaring lion, seeking whom maybe I devour, like through witchcraft and through dark type of things. And so he he's both, isn't he? And so I think what God is doing here with Leviathan is he's kind of peeling back the cover of this angel of light and showing what he's really like. Like he's this horrible... I mean, uh, one thing, Angie and I like to go to movies, but we do not like like demonic movies. Because I think there's elements of truth in that. It's we don't like to be scared, but you know, no matter. In fact, there's a new Exorcist out, and I can't. I had to turn away from watching the previews of it. It was just that wicked looking, and. Uh, <clears throat> 
I think what I was going to say is just that uh, no matter how horrible you know Hollywood might portray evil things, what we're reading is even darker than that, isn't it? I mean, if you were face to face with this giant dragon-like, you know, and it's going to say fire breathing and you know no man can approach him and uh, just. As dark a thing as you can imagine, that that's kind of what we're reading here, and uh, he's he's just full of pride, and so that's what uh, verse four. In fact, Kevin, uh, won't you read verse four for us? Because it uses a word here that I kind of wanted to camp out on for just a minute. Will he make a covenant with thee? Will God take him? This word covenant, and and this really ties in with, uh, let's go to Daniel 9 for a minute. We're going to look at a couple of these, and we don't have to get through all of the... We don't have to get through the whole chapter today. Daniel uh, 9. So this word covenant appears here. We're going to read 25 of Daniel 9 through 27. And uh, this is a prophecy. <clears throat> It says, uh, Daniel 9.25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, that's a capital P there, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, uh, but not for himself. And the people of the prince, that's a lowercase prince there, shall that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. And then in verse 27 it says, And he, that's probably the lowercase prince, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And so uh, Matthew 24 calls this person, this prince that shall come, the abomination of desolation because uh, he confirms this covenant with many. And uh, so this this kind of applies to what's going on in Israel right now, doesn't it? That uh, even last week, uh, you know, the the lead, the prime minister of Israel was meeting with uh, Solomon of Saudi Arabia, and they're trying to talk through peace. And now this week, Hamas has attacked Israel, and there doesn't seem to be peace. Uh, 
But anyway, it's kind of escalating and it's leading up to... Uh, so, so this is what is called uh, Daniel's 70th week. Because did you see in verse 24 it says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. And then uh, in verse 27 is the last of the 70 weeks. It says, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. <clears throat> and so, uh, so God is asking Job, are you going to make a covenant? Is this, is this Leviathan going to speak softly with you? Are you going to make a covenant with him? And that, that is kind of what happens here that, uh, Israel and uh, other nations make a covenant with this prince that shall come, this abomination that maketh desolate, and uh, he's going to cause this sacrifice and oblation to cease. And so we think that is a reference to like building the third temple and animal sacrifices taking place. And uh, does anybody know what the oblation is? He makes it to cease. It's what? Daily sacrifice. Yeah, there's a morning and evening sacrifice called the oblation, and uh, and so this antichrist causes that. You know, he he makes him quit doing that, and he actually sits. Uh, they they think he goes into the temple and sits on the Ark of the Covenant and shows everybody that he is God. And that's when Israel is to, you know, flee to the mountains. And that's uh, when the remnant is saved and protected by God supernaturally. Because it says it's in the middle of the week. So at the three and a half year mark, uh, in, in the midst of the week, that's when he causes this oblation to cease and uh, some of you may have heard of uh, I think it's Sir Robert Anderson he he wrote a book called The Coming Prince and he was like uh, I think he was like MI6 in Britain before there he was like part of parliament and uh, he was a uh, a, a genius of a person and uh, but he, he documented you know to the day from the time that it was uh, proclaimed to go, I don't think it was Cyrus. I think it was uh, one of the other. Uh, huh? Darius. Darius. Uh, when he made the proclamation to uh, Nehemiah to go and rebuild the walls. To the time that Christ entered on the foal of an ass, he calculated it was exactly 483 years to the day. And so 483 years is seven years short of 490, isn't it? And so that, that's why, that's why there's one week. And, and I can show you from uh, Genesis 38, you guys know that, uh, Jacob, uh, he served his father-in-law Laban seven years for his wife. He, he he wanted Rachel, but he got Leah, and then he served seven more. And uh, Laban told him, uh, "You have to fulfill her week in order to get Rachel." And so the Bible defines a week as a week of years, like seven years. And so, uh, so Sir Robert Anderson, we, we know what happened a week after Christ entered into Jerusalem on the foal of an ass. We call it Palm Sunday, don't we? 
and uh, a week later he was crucified and Messiah was cut off and so there's only been 69 years or 69 weeks or 483 years of this prophecy that's being completed so that's why when you see prophecy type things uh, people refer to Daniel's 70th week and so we believe that is future future and so, does that sound familiar I mean do, are everybody tracking with me is that just a lot of numbers and names and people and time and so it, anyway I was going to draw this out but I really hadn't prepared to do that but it's just really interesting that Job his name means one persecuted and there's 42 chapters in the book of Job and there's 42 months in the tribulation the last half of the tribulation three and a half years is 42 months and he's in the land of Uz where Petra is the place of the rock and so he is right around this area where the remnant of the Jews are going to be protected by God and uh, you know in a way God is the devil wanted to kill Job but God said you can take all that he has you can touch his body but you can't kill him and uh, in a way God has protected him and so in these last chapters of Job that we're looking at God is kind of putting his finger on the sort I mean Job throughout all this has been asking you know, why God and what's going on and uh, I just wish I could talk to you and and uh, so anyway God in his way is answering is there any other thoughts or comments about that section it mentions this word covenant in Job 41 in the context of Leviathan so I wanted did you have something Brian I was listening to you talk about how he had to fulfill the week to get Rachel and that uh-huh. thing goes with me about the whole tribulation being about Christ getting his Rachel mm. yeah Brian that's good yeah. yep there's some parallels there for sure that's good that's good uh, yep and that's the the, the woman uh, bringing forth the child in, in the tribulation so all this is uh, so anyway it's historical it's uh, doctrinal and you know there, there's an application to us too I mean God is pointing to the source of our problems and our woes too isn't he that uh, you know this guy had the car wreck uh, you know Sin is always connected with death, and uh, even when we sin, it it kind of kills our relationship with the Lord. It, it doesn't. We don't get. We don't become lost, but we we. We stop receiving our gifts. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's got uh, verse five there? I gave you some other references from Daniel and Isaiah that talk about the word covenant. Uh, you'll find this interesting uh, before before Suzanne reads verse five. Um, you know, when Judas betrayed the Lord, uh, it says that he covenanted he coveted with the Jewish scribes and leaders. Uh, for the the thirty pieces of silver, it says he covenanted with them. So he, even Judas is connected with this covenant somehow. Uh, yeah, uh, Suzanne, read read verse five for us. Wilt thou play with him as a as with a bird, or wilt thou bind him 
for right Yeah. And uh, you know, you're not going to do that, are you? You're not going to. I mean, I, I, I do know people that have pet birds. Uh, Dottie's on here. I think she's got a bird. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, but you're not going to play with Leviathan like you would a bird. And but th- then it even says, uh, bind him for thy maidens and uh, do, do you know the devil is going to be bound for a thousand years and huh yeah are you going to make a, a pet out of Leviathan <laughs> and uh, but you know j- just to uh <clears throat> I gave you a verse there from Second Timothy, and I gave you a blank. It says, "Paul says, wherein I suffer trouble as an evil doer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not what is not bound." So uh, Paul was Paul was in bonds, but even when he was in bonds, he was in jail. The word of God wasn't bound, and he had liberty to witness. And you know him and Silas sang in the jail, and the jail uh, it was open. The word of God, the word of God is Yeah, that's what it says there. It says it, it is not bound. So that's uh, and it, uh, he he even uh, I think it's with the Thessalonians. He says that uh, he he wishes that that the word of God would have free course among us, and so. Uh, were you thinking something, Belinda? You think um, our prayers are not bound by the boundaries of time, and that if we pray for children or great hmm. people, we aren't even born yet? Hmm. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I was talking about generational curses, so if I could be a generational prayer. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thought, Belinda. So you've got a grandbaby, but uh, you don't have any great ones yet. So you have four grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Uh, uh, verse six, there, Franny. You want to read, or do you have your Bible? I'm glad you're here, sister. Yeah. Very good. It's uh, chapter 41 of Job in verse 6. Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Yeah, so in other words, it's just uh, <coughs> Leviathan is not going to be divided. He's not going to be portioned out to merchants. Uh, back, uh, didn't God make a covenant with Abraham where they parted out animals? Yeah, yeah, they did do that. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, when when you see each of these words and they kind of they're all pregnant with meaning, aren't they? And uh, you know, they parted Christ's garments after his crucifixion and drew lots. Transfer that word banquet to the word feast, and I think we get the meaning. Hmm. Yeah, like the the feast of the lamb, or uh, the Jewish feast, or feast to the demon to the to the Leviathan. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna play a video uh, last when we were talking about Behemoth. 
there was some kind of uh, like goodwill games it was a year ago September and they, they actually made this big mechanical bull and they called it a beast and I, I've got the video and they had a lady kind of talking to it and pretty soon she got up on it and it was 30 feet tall and it's this big mechanic and it's and the and they're all bowing down to it, so it's. Didn't hear a Did he? Yeah. The Lord, the leaders of it, like a to bail. Yeah. Yeah, they did had some worship going on there with. So anyway, lots lots of thoughts about all these verses. Uh, uh, Sarah, uh, not our Sarah, but Sarah Jeffries. Would you read seven and eight for us? Yes. Canst thou fill his skin with barbed iron, or his head with fish spears? Lay thine hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Yeah, and some of these things you have to kind of think about what he's saying, but. God is advising Job and us not to engage in battle against Leviathan. Uh, he cannot be captured with bob irons and fish spears. Uh, I think it's like uh, Behemoth that he can be approached with a sword, probably. Yeah, and then I put, if one were to lay your hand upon him, he would remember the battle and and not do it again. And so that that's the way I think the end of verse eight there is, is to like lay your hand. You know, if if you were to do battle with the devil, you, you would remember the battle and not do it again, type of thing. So it's it's that type of thought. So I put as your teaching point at the bottom of your first front of your page is that the battle belongs to the Lord and, and I gave you a reference from Second Chronicles. This was, is with Jehoshaphat. Uh, he says, Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. And, you know, I think that's good, maybe devotional point for all of us is if you look at your circumstances, they can be kind of overwhelming, can't they? And it, it, God is telling Jehoshaphat, don't look at the multitude because the battle's not yours, it's God's. And so I think you and I, and we only see part of our problem. There's face, things facing us, you know, in the days to come we don't even know about yet, right? And so if we can, uh, trust God now, and in fact that was Solomon's, Solomon's, uh, he, he, he told people to, you know, come to the Lord in thy youth and, uh, you know, fear God and keep His commandments and, so we, I mean, all of us have some regrets that we didn't get right with the Lord, you know, before we did. Probably, we've all wasted time. We've wasted uh, resources. Uh, <clears throat> we've uh, hurt people. And so, uh, anyway, I just, I just really like that verse from Jehoshaphat that uh, we don't have to, you know, go to war with the devil. We just. Uh, Take our cast our care upon the Lord. He cares for us, and it's His battle. And uh, so we just say yes, sir.
In fact, I, I used to tell people that after they got saved. I said, really, the key to spiritual growth is just to say yes to the Lord. Just uh, you know, do do the next next right thing, take that next right step, and. Um, Anyway, so the back page of your handout, we're not going to get through all this chapter today. We'll probably get through this next set of verses here. And before we read on, let's all look in our New Testament at this 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And I announced last week, it'll probably be in the month of December, we're going to start studying the book of Second Corinthians. So we'll we'll hit this uh, chapter again in a few months. Let's see, we're chapter eleven. And uh, Larry, we're up to you. Let's see. Corinthians eleven. Yeah. Jim got it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just read verse uh, 14 there, if you would. 14? Mm-hmm. Okay. uh, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Yeah, so he's he's not actually an angel, but he's he's made to look like that, and... Even verse 15 says, Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So anyway, there's a... Wolves and sheep clothing? Yeah. Yeah. All right here in 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, verse 13, For such are the apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. So, anyway, uh, the, the Bible warns us against uh, false prophets and false teachers and uh, the devil's the head, of, the head of that. And so I, I put in your blank just the word angel. He, he uh, makes himself an angel of light. So, uh, Sherry, would you, uh, back in Job 41, would you read verse 9 for us? Okay. Behold, the hope of him, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down, even at the sight of him? Yeah. So it it's vain to hope in Him. Uh, so that there's no hope for those that uh, are lost. Uh, there's no hope of Him. Uh, there's no hope of Leviathan. And uh, and uh, you, you, there's no hope of approaching Him yourself. Let's see. Uh, this is all picture of Antichrist. Yeah, yeah, the, that is. So no one can stand up uh, to the devil, uh, much less God. But I, I keyed on that word stand there in verse. Uh, I guess I guess the word stand wasn't in there. I was thinking it was, but I, I put the we. Is it verse ten? Yeah. Okay. None is so fierce that dare stir him up. Who then is able to stand before me? Okay, maybe I group nine and ten together, <clears throat> but uh, 
So Christians shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ in Second uh, Corinthians five. It says that, and so we we will have to, uh, but no one can, uh, you know, overcome the devil, much less God, because God is greater. So praise the Lord. They were. Uh, they were. I want to. Uh, Steger uh, Shane's uh, singles class last night. Uh. Over where uh, Pam Jackson is. Yeah, they good. And we were sitting over there, and that was one of the conversations that came up was about the Antichrist. Uh. And when it was going to come back, and you know. Hmm. When we were going to see it, hmm. all of this. That's yeah. good to. That was oh. that was a big conversation. Yeah, yeah, especially in light of everything happening in the world. And First uh, Corinthians fifteen one two it says all that stuff, but in reverse about Christ. Oh yeah. It says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, and which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Mm. By which we are also yeah. saved, if you keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Well, it does say just same thing, only different. Yeah. One thing I'm saying when I'm looking at that verse ten, now that so personally there stir him up. That reminds me of Michael not bringing a railing accusation yeah. against him. Yeah. And who then is able to stand before me? Yeah. That's ringing Revelation nine five, seal of God. Okay. Who is able to stand before me? The elect of God. Yeah. Yeah. Christ was the only one worthy. That's good. Those people who stand before him are the ones that are saved from the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Belinda, did you have your hand up too? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, you can go read. I like it when you read. You go ahead. Twice in my life, I've had a dream where Satan was trying to get me, and I had it again this week. Wow. Where Satan was trying to get me to whatever, and I'm like, I couldn't move. I couldn't. Like, oh, like I said. And I couldn't talk. Oh, yeah. Huh. That's a good response. Yeah. That's more for you later. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, so verse 11, uh, GM, have you 4111? 11. 11. Who hath permitted me that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. See, so no one is going to prevent or go before God to in to understand the devil. Uh, I think what we put here that uh, God does want us to understand. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the very next verse, uh, God says that I will not conceal His parts, nor His power, nor His comely proportion. And uh, that—that is, uh, the devil is powerful. He does. He is uh, beautiful. It says he has comely proportions that uh, has its own kind of beauty. And uh, God is not going to conceal that. And uh, 
you know, it, it says in Proverbs that uh, it's, the, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. And and so uh, God uh, does, uh, you know, sprinkle truth throughout the Bible, and it, it, it behooves us. In, in fact, uh, Job, Job says something like, "The thing that I didn't, the cause I knew not, I searched out." And so uh, it behooves us to read our Bibles, to study the Word, let God speak to us, because He He will reveal it. And it, it even says that the secret things belong to the Lord, and He reveals them to whom He will. And so God uh, does reveal, and He so He doesn't uh, hide these things about the devil. He, he's telling us about them here in His Word. And uh, verse thirteen. Uh, Jaime, you want to try that? Yes. Who can discover, discover the face of his heart? Or who can come to him with this double brother? Yeah. So he, he has a garment. And uh, so he has some type of covering. And it's kind of like a disguise. <coughs> Uh, just like you know, you might wear a mask to you know conceal who you are, and so the devil has this Leviathan has a face, and he's covering his face with a garment. And I wanted to search this out a little bit more about this double bridle, and and I don't know if that's like a reference to the devil having like a forked tongue. You know, in Revelation, he kind of presents himself as religious and uh, economic. So there's kind of a double bridle here. So uh, I think that's why sometimes the devil's portrayed. I mean, snakes have a forked tongue, don't they? A lot of them or most of them. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) In a picture. (laughs) You might see it in a picture. No, not really. And then in verse uh, 14, uh, uh, Aura, do you want to read that? Verse 14. <laughs> Who can open the door of his face? His teeth are terrible brown about. Yeah, and so, again, you know, you hear the doors of his face, like, what is that, you know? But uh, w- one thing we've taught in this class is that uh, doors and gates are like places of controlled entry. I mean, none of us came in through the window or the wall today. We we went through the door, didn't we? And so, you know, we, we even talk about our eye gates and our ear gate. And so we, we have... We have kind of doors, and uh, so this is saying, you know, who, who could open the doors of his face, and who could see that covering and that disguise, and really see what wickedness proceeds from there. So all of this is very uh, poetic, but yet it's it's graphic, and uh, he's got terrible teeth, and so you know you hear about uh, a dog might have a large, you know, a loud bark. But he may not really be dangerous, right? But the devil's kind of the opposite. He is—he's this roaring lion, but he's also got teeth. He's—he does damage, right? He can devour, and yeah. Ah, does it? And then, so they have terrible teeth. Yeah, yeah. 
I can go back and have you tell me what what does it mean that the devil appears like an angel of light? So, so that's well. Think think about false religion, Pam, and and and, and I'm a victim of that. I, I was taught wrong as a child. I was taught that if you want to go to heaven, you need to get baptized. And I, I remember seeing my friend in the youth group get baptized. Uh, it was uh, Jill, and uh, I'm thinking, okay, wow, she she's going to heaven now. I mean, I remember thinking that that's how I was taught, but but that's not true, is it? I mean, that baptism is a work; it's something you do. But people can get saved in the hospital. People can get saved in our jails. People can get saved in the foxhole, huh? Thief got saved on the cross. Yeah, the thief got saved on the cross. So, do you see what I mean by angel of lies? Like, you know, this is a good person. They're doing a good work. They're doing good things. It, it appears to be something of li- this is righteous. But no, it it actually condemned me. And to, you know, twenty years later, I get saved. Right. So you're equating light with goodness. Yeah. With, it says with righteousness there in Second Corinthians. We know that the first verse said that the fallen ones came down to share knowledge, forbidden supposedly divine knowledge with men, and not wiped out the entire age. Prophesied that they're coming back in Revelation eleven five as the untimely days that fall from heaven. The stars of heaven shall be cast to the earth as an untimely as untimely pigs are cast, which is shaken of an untimely of, of mighty wind. So we know that they're coming back, and they're bringing knowledge that we don't have. So, so how does that relating to the angel of light that she's talking about? The Luciferian cults all look at him as the light bringer, the angel yeah. of knowledge. Okay. We we got several places on this globe. It's a lot like the plain where the five cities used to be, where the sands turned to glass, and ancient men didn't have that tech. Huh. I don't know if that helps it at all, Pam. Or is that what you're thinking, or what are you thinking? Well, you know, Adam and Eve had to be covered with something uh-huh. before they decided they were naked. Yeah. So what were they covered with to begin with? Yeah, yeah, they they weren't covered. They were naked. They were naked. Well, I think originally they were covered with light. That's light. Like glow. The light in Genesis is knowledge. Knowledge of God is what Hosea says God wants from us. I don't want sacrifice. I don't want burnt offering. I want your love and I want the knowledge of God. That is the light that he brought in before there was a sun and a moon. So that's the kind of, what kind of light did Lucifer have before yeah. 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 I think I think we'll hold up there at the end of this section. I, I put just that doors are points of controlled entry, and so we'll we'll stop at verse fourteen, and we will uh, do this last section. Next week, I need to let out just a little early because uh, I'm doing the baptisms this morning. But uh, hopefully, that's helpful. And uh, 
Glad you're here. Glad, sir, glad you came over and surprised us today. And Mama's at home? Yeah, she brought me down yesterday. Okay. I was at the nursing home all day yesterday and I stayed at home and Mama's night. And how are you getting home? Uh, she's driving back today. Oh, she's coming back to get you? Yeah. You got to go back to work tomorrow? Well, they have teacher conferences tomorrow and Tuesday, so we have tomorrow off too. And then we go on Tuesday to clean the kitchen and all Okay. Huh. Well, no, I work in the kitchen. Well, let us know if we can help your nephew. Okay. Well, Pam had said maybe talking to one of you guys to see if maybe someone could go Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. Is he in the hospital? He's at Oh. over by my house. Yeah. Okay. That's where Ed's at. Right off of Camp Golden. By Mazio's. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, have a word of prayer. Thanks for joining us online, uh, Dottie, and anybody else that might be there. Hopefully, we'll see you next next hour here. Let's uh, let's have a word of prayer, Lord. Uh, we do bow our heads and hearts, and Lord, these are uh, wonderful things to read from Your Word today. And just uh, thank you for the uh, comments, and uh, Lord, all that You do for us. We do uh, pray for uh, the next service here. We pray for the, those getting baptized. Do uh, pray for Your good hand be upon uh, Larry as he may uh, serve You all his days, and uh, these others that are being baptized. And so, Father, uh, dismiss us now with Your blessing. We love you in uh, Jesus' name. Amen. My what? My clothes? That's what everybody's saying. Jimmy, make sure I get good. That's ours. Well, it's for the thing. Ah, our event. Yeah. Nice. So we'll come get it. I made myself. Okay. Come get it at noon. Give me your recorder. Is this Matthew? Matthew, yes. How old is he? He's going to be three on December. In December. December the 6th. December the 6th. Day after.